welcome. It's April 19th. You know what it is. It's the Revolutionary Sports Show. I'm Brian Duchesne. And I'm Corey Sullivan. Welcome to another episode. We're going to get it kicked off with the NHL playoffs. We talked about it in the April 14th edition, but some games have been updated. Series have been updated. we got to talk about it. Starting off with San Jose and the LA Kings. Sharks took a not-so-commanding 2-1 to lead with an overtime victory. How do you feel this series is going to pan out as we move along? Do you think that the Sharks will be able to maintain this level? It's been a close, close matchup. Each game determined by one goal. And, uh, yeah, it's one of the most exciting series right now. Do you think... What do you think of these uh, two teams? I'm surprised that San Jose was up 2 to nothing at one point, honestly, since I picked L.A. in my final. And I'm also surprised, as we were talking about, they bring out that scary-looking shark thing for them to skate through in San Jose for the starting lineups and the intros. And they lost after all that at home. After they had a 2-0 lead, they bring out the shark, have like that whole dramatic entrance and then they end up losing so to me that's unacceptable for San Jose to do that at home but you know I think whoever wins out of this series since I picked LA Kings to go to the finals I think whoever comes out of this series is definitely going to make the finals up against most likely the Penguins personally that's what I'm thinking but should be a fun series to watch super close 2-1 and I watched I even watched that game for a period and a half, maybe two two periods worth, and then turn it off when it was 1-1 and see the L.A. ended up winning. So, good series there. And Another series I want to talk about, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin. That was, that was our personal picks for the MVP. That was who it was against. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Blues are leading the Blackhawks 2-1. Do you think that if the Blackhawks lose this series, does that affect the MVP race or is the MVP race more you know what they did in the regular season and doesn't really carry over into what what's going on in the postseason right now yeah I think since Denzel Valentine was in the running for the player of the year and Buddy healed both for the NCAA yeah neither of them really won a championship over there and I mean Buddy Heald took his team to the final four and it's well deserved for him to win but Denzel still won I believe it was an AP player of the year or something like that, even though he didn't go very far. So I don't think it has much impact on the MVP, and I don't think it would really defeat the purpose of the MVP. But when you look at St. Louis and Chicago, Duncan Keith was suspended for game one. Now he's back, and they're looking like a better team after Elliott completely shut him out to begin with. And now I think Chicago is back in it, and I think with Duncan Keith, the team's pretty complete. But... St. Louis is a dangerous team, but in the playoffs, historically, they haven't been very good. They make it, get eliminated in round one or round two, but I think it's different this year. And Although I have Chicago advancing through this round, you never really know because, as we've said before, St. Louis has hot and cold goaltending. He can have a shutout for four or five straight games and they give up six. So, personally, I think it's going to be a fun series to watch, but... Chicago is back. Chicago's got everybody firing on all cylinders, and it should be interesting now that they have Keith back and working with Kane. Should be Another inter- interesting series <clears throat> coming down to the wire is this Tampa Bay-Detroit series. Detroit is down 2-1, but right now they are tied 2-2. Two two. They got a goal. 
I will take it. Gotta see who's scoring. Hopefully my boy Dylan Larkin. Gustav. Nyquist. Yep. And then who got who got the other goal earlier? Darren Helm. Yeah, Detroit definitely has speed. They don't always get shots on goal, which is their problem, and they're putting all different kinds of people on all different kinds of lines and if you can hear that siren in the background, it just wouldn't be the revolutionary sports show without it. People mowing lawns, pressure washing balconies, sirens going by. It's kind of, is it a historic thing for us, or is it just kind of one of those things? I think it's just like an alarm for all the other sports shows going on right now. It's like, you know, just stop. Just stop because the revolutionary sports show is going on right now. So the paramedics are coming to get them, take them away from us killing their show. I think so. I think that that has to be what it is. And personally, I think the sirens are are a good thing. You know, if, you, if when you put it that way, they're just doing us a public service. Yeah, they're doing them a public service. You know, they're just saying, you know, today maybe maybe right now isn't your day. You know, that's what all the noise going on, the lawns being mowed is. Some but something is trying to sabotage our show because it's just that great. You know, something there has to be something imperfect about it, and so nature and that's nature's way but really all it does is just help us even more it just adds that more human element to our show because it's so revolutionary if you will oh man yeah i mean that's there's no other real explanation as to why all that happens like paranormal activity every time we try to record a show somebody's making noise but the detroit tampa bay series 2-1 tampa bay currently going on tied 2-2 in the game score today but I say if Detroit wins this one, they're they're in good shape. They've they looked unstoppable in Game Three. Uh, Blashill messed with some stuff, and he threw three different guys on different lines, and he's trying out different things, and now it worked for him uh, to begin. Kucherov and Kucherov's line had eight points and seven points, I believe, in games one and two. They had one shot on goal in game three, zero points. That's pretty good. So, you know, I, I think it's it's a good thing to mess around with the lines and try different things. They started Peter Morazic last game, got a shutout. Now he's starting again as opposed to Jimmy Howard, even though Jimmy played pretty well. I think he's just trying to say, no, we got nothing to lose at this point. Might as well just throw everything we got at him. Speaking of nothing to lose at this point, the Seattle Mariners are playing right now. Wade Miley is a... Uh, Caddy from Happy Gilmore. Balling, if you will. <laughs> no, he's not balling. The Mariners seem to just play better on the road. But I have something for you, Mr. Duchesne. I need you to guess who this player is. He's hitting 447. Has six home runs in the last five games. Are we talking about a, an MLB player or is it a triple A? Could be a double A, potential. single A Everett type. <laughs> Potentially could be. Was named the PCL Player of the Week. Triple A. <laughs> and is playing, knock on wood, great baseball right now. Somebody at the door? <laughs> This person is in the Mariners organization. Do you know who this could possibly be? 
I'm not even going to act like I didn't see it on your screen because I saw it was Mike Zanino. But it doesn't surprise me one bit because in AAA, I believe he was hitting over 300 before they called him up. And then he comes up and he can't hit. So I think it's more of the kind of the production and at the major league in the show. It's like the big show. He's not really ready for prime time and maybe keep him in AAA a little longer. And I think the same goes for Cattell Marte. Not really ready for prime time. He had a good partial season last year, but he just looks like he's struggling up in the big. So I think if I mean Zunino can't really do. Too much worse than the catchers are right now. Clevenger's struggling. I've heard Clevenger's a nice, nice guy, so I don't really want to trash talk Clevenger. But Zanino, I say at one point they're going to call him up and they're going to give him a chance, and you kind of have to if he's hitting those kind of numbers in AAA. But if he struggles again in the show, he might as well see six, what you can get for him, right? Six games of his last ten, he has multi-hit games. Mm. And what do you, you know, like you said, yeah, he did this throughout his whole career, and that's what brought him up to the majors so quickly. I know me and you were pumped for it when he was down in the minors yeah. at first, and we're like, "This guy needs to be called up." I can't, I can't remember who our catcher was when he first showed up. I think it was Jaso, and then we got rid of Jaso, and I believe it was Montero. Yeah, that worked out well. And then, uh, so they needed somebody to move up quickly, and you know, he fit the bill. He was, you know, tearing through single A, double A. Leading the team, I think leading the league in a couple of leagues when he, when he was moving through in home runs, and came to the majors. I think it was 22 that he hit, and yeah, something like that, hitting like 190 but, with 22 bombs. Yeah, so you know those strikeouts just <clears throat> he couldn't shake them, and uh, I think that's that's what his problem will be. But uh, you know, then again, that's what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how much confidence he could get in AAA. We know. He knows that he can hit that pitching. He needs to get the reps at the major league level. And I don't think that being in AAA helps a guy like that's confidence. I think when you you make it to the show and then they move you down, I don't think it's a motivating factor. I think that it's more of no matter what you do, the effect of being called up and being moved down outweighs what it is, whatever production that you produce at that AAA level. And I think that, you know, giving him the reps at the major league level to let him learn, to let him succeed and to fail is much more important than to just see him tee off on not even mediocre pitching at best, you know. And it's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and act like the, the AAA is where guys go to just get better. It just it doesn't happen. You know, it's, I mean, superstars, MVPs. It's are, not at the same speed, though. No, it's not at the same speed. The pitches are not even close to as good. The location, you're not going to find... Felix pitching down in triple A. Unless he gets injured and he's on yeah, a rehab I mean, assignment. But even then, you know, he'll give up seven runs and he'll be like, okay, this is your one and only start because this is not going to help you. You know what I mean? And so I see that same type of production, that same type of level of play for Zanino is, okay, yeah, it's cool. You can beat up on these guys that are no good. What happens when you face, you know, the Verlanders, the, you know, CCs? At this guy. point, Verlander might be his best bet. <laughs> Verlander's struggling. But I mean, even those guys are, are a lot way better than anything you'll ever see in at the AAA level. And uh, true. Zunino down at the AAA level, tearing it up. The Mariners playing better on the road than they have at home. Only won one game at home so far. Do you think that this is a team that can win at home? Do you think that is there anything to take up how the season has started for them, or is it just that first month? I don't know. Ever since the, the Dejo Lee walk-off home run, they're trying to use that as 
an excuse and Deho Lee was like, hey, you know, I'm hoping that this kick starts our season and gets us on a winning streak. And I mean, in New York, they looked okay, but they also didn't really get New York's best pitching either. They Sure, they faced CC Sabathia, and they got Tanaka at the end, I believe. And I mean, they, New York's not even off to a hot start either, so it's not like you can say they went and they're not as prestigious as they once were. Yeah, so it's not like they took two out of three from, say, the Orioles or some other team that's off to a hot start. They beat New York two out of three, but they also lost two of three at home to Texas, and they also got swept by the A's. So that's not really – those are the games you need to win in the division. Those are the games that count at the end of the year. You know, you look back at series like this where it's, yeah, we got swept at home. And, you know, we would be in the playoffs, but Texas has a game on us. Texas has two games on us, games that were vital. We needed those games, or even Oakland. You know, every single game, every single out is important, and the Mariners just, they're not playing their best right now. And I don't think that it's a secret to anybody. I think that... You know, a lot of people try to put it off that, oh, it's not time to panic yet, and it's, it's time, you know, it, it, from day one. Every from day single, one. <laughs> every single out, every single pitch counts, and, you know, to see guys like Wade Miley, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm picking on him, but with three innings today, nine hits, four walks, three earned runs, he's lucky to have three earned runs. You know, it's not a guy like that's been on fire in the first place, and to see him continue to struggle, whether it be at home, on the road, it's just he's just struggling, and he's starting all the time. That should be worrisome to everybody. It's not like he's improving game by game. He's just still doing awful. <laughs> is it the beard? Is that is that the problem? It's, Does no, the beard need to go? I don't think there's anything that he can change about himself. I think he's just not good. <laughs> I think if he could, like, transform into somebody else, then maybe, but... Does he need to do like Pilates or something to work on his velocity? He's just not a good player. That's what I'm coming to understand. But the guy that you gave trouble last time pitched pretty well today. He did. So what do you have to say about Mike Montgomery today? Obviously struck a nerve with Mike Montgomery. I hope Mike doesn't come out and try to find me. I'm going to tell him where you live. But he pitched great today. Uh, tried to save... Wade Miley as best he could didn't give up any runs. Went two and two thirds, I believe. Is there any saving Wade Miley? I don't think so. I think uh, you know the only saving Wade Miley is if he gets like a splinter or a, a blister or something. You know, something to play off why he can't pitch that day. I think that's the only thing that could save the Mariners and save Wade Miley is if he just stops pitching at this point right now mm. until he gets a little bit better. I'd rather just see. A four-man rotation, or you know, I don't know. I just I'm not that convinced that Carnes is good either. Maybe just three-man like they do in the playoffs. Yeah, for real. I mean, <clears throat> I say at this point, I mean, we knew Wade Miley wasn't going to be an All-Star. We thought he was going to be not mediocre, but a little under-mediocre. Serviceable. serviceable. A serviceable ERA is maybe like four and a half, maybe five. If you're like a, a guy that's the fifth starter in the rotation, this guy's ERA well over eight. So what can we what can we conclude based on these starts? Is an ERA over eight? What are, what are they gonna What do you do with them? Nobody's gonna want them. You're paying them 
And you have to pay him regardless. Good chunk of change, but do you keep running him out or do you call up the next best guy from AAA and give him a chance? I mean, it really depends on what you want to do. Do you want to make the postseason or do you want to just, you know, continue to roll out Iwakuma and Deholi and appeal to that international audience and get international dollars? You know, is that what you want to do or do you want to win some games? Because if you want to win some games, then he's got to go. You know, you just chalk it up as a loss. And I feel the same way about Seth Smith. Seth Smith is not good. I think he's hitting 333 right now, but, uh, you know, like I said, it is the first month of the season. And he's just not a good player. You know what you're going to get with guys that are older. You're not going to get some breakout Jose Batista from Seth Smith. That's not, that's never been in his repertoire and it never will be. He'll be decent, and that's what he came in to be a decent player, a platoon guy that could just fill in when needed, but they need him a lot. So the two best guys on the team right now, Leonis Martin and Seth Smith. Who would have thought? I, and I'm not uh, – oh, and, by the way, a James Jones update. He's in 306, only one steal, so not too great. Yet. 306, one steal. Hasn't got caught stealing, which is, you know, the thing that I love most about him is, although – you know, he's not going to get you 60, 70 steals in a season. He's not going to get caught very much either because he's a very efficient, good base runner. Obviously cheap. Uh, was not going to hurt your team more than it was already hurting. <laughs> Corey's still beefing about James I'm Jones in upset. case you can't tell. I hope James Jones goes for, you know, hits 500 on the year, breaks all types of records, and Martin is not the guy. I don't know who gonna, the guy is going to be, but it's... I don't think James Jones is a permanent fix. Maybe he is, but if you're gonna trade some guy that's not a permanent fix for another guy who hasn't been good and is probably not gonna be good, it just doesn't make any sense. Just pointless moves. Do you think the Mariners discriminate against people with the last name Jones? They ship off Adam Jones, they ship off James Jones, and they're both gonna be pretty good players. And Adam Jones has already proven himself. <clears throat> James Jones will get there. Trading Adams Jones didn't make any sense because, I mean, it's no surprise that he's a good player. Everybody, everybody and their mom thought he was going to be a good player. And, you know, now he's an all-star every year in the running for MVP. Uh, was a huge reason that Nelson Cruz had a great year in Baltimore. Was a huge reason that Vladimir Guerrero had a big year in Baltimore. And uh, Markakis and uh, who else? Chris Davis had a big year in Baltimore. And I'm not saying that Adam Jones was, you know, is the reason that all these guys are successful, but Adam Jones being in that lineup, being a key player, can get guys going around him and has done that throughout his whole career up to this point. I think James Jones is on Michael's secret stuff from Space Jam, something like that. That's why all the guys in the dugout seem to perform better on that team. Chris Davis said it was Adderall when he got suspended. I think it was Michael's secret stuff in that water bottle, personally. <laughs> I think so. But speaking of Michael Seager's stuff, NBA playoffs going on right now. The Warriors were without Steph Curry, but it looks like they're unstoppable. The Rockets are just are no good. Steph Curry's sitting tonight, though. Yeah. Steph, he sat, sat last night, and uh, he'll probably sit. I, I mean, to be honest, I would just sit the whole series. They don't need you. Sit everybody and still win the series. Might as well. Clay Thompson on the bench. Draymond on the bench. Clay Thompson did great last night. Uh, KD did not do great against the Mavericks. Seven for 33. Uh, missed some clutch clutch shots when, was, when the game was on the line. And 
You know, he's not going to make every shot. He's going to have bad games. Uh, you know, if that was LeBron, if that was Steph having a bad game in the playoffs, of course. Everyone would be ripping on him, blow up. But that's just, you know, it's playoff <clears> time. <throat> There's not many teams playing, so they have to talk about something. You know, it's definitely not the first time Katie has had a bad shooting performance, and it definitely will not be the last time that he has a bad shooting performance. So I think it's just, that's all it was. And uh, I don't think that the Thunder should be worried about the Mavericks. Um, the Mavericks are a decent team, obviously. They made the playoffs, but I just don't think that they have the firepower to stop Westbrook when he goes for 40 or KD when he shoots better than 7 for 33. And, uh, you know, KD shot 7 for 33, and they lost the game by, you know, if the game was 0.1 second longer, uh, Steven Adams got a tip in that they thought that they won and they barely lost. So, I mean, KD can have a game like that and they barely lose. I just, I just don't see the Mavericks having that shot and uh, your Celtics are, 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 I think they're losing right now. Uh, they could possibly go down in the whole 2-0. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Against Atlanta. Nah. And uh, Cavs, hey, Cavs are playing well. Pistons looked good in game one even though they lost. You know, competitive. Stanimal. Stanley Johnson himself was doing great. I thought you were talking about Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> No, Stan, I like Stan Van Gundy, but no, Stanimal, Stanley Johnson did a great job uh, being physical with LeBron. Um, of course, LeBron is LeBron, but you know it's, it's rare to see guys that can be physical with him and are not scared and are willing, especially a young guy like Stanley Johnson, to be you know up in LeBron's face and you know playing great defense. On All him, up so. in his grill. So yeah, that was a. A good thing to see, and uh, Drummond, Andre Drummond, is a special player. Um, hopefully, either he can go somewhere else, or Detroit can get some some other special guys around him. And uh, the Raptors last night, they looked good. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, you know, the only thing that I don't like about the Raptors is Kyle Lowry just doesn't have that superstar aura around him for me, and I'm just not a fan of the that. Raptors. Are never going to win a championship. I don't want to as say never. You concerned. just never know who. I mean, Ben Simmons could end up there. Uh, they had Chris Bosh, and they couldn't do anything with him. <laughs> Wiggins could end up there. You never. I mean, Chris Bosh in his prime. You just never know who could go where. I mean, you know, LeBron and a, uh, you know, championships continue to elude him, but you never know who could end up in Toronto. But with the, the team that they have right now, nah, they just. Especially with the way that the Warriors are playing, and if they get Kevin Durant this summer, then they might win 10, 11, 12 in a row. You know, you just never know. And the NBA won't be fun because, man, if you can imagine a team with that replaces Harrison Barnes, who is a great player, don't get me wrong, with Kevin Durant, and they roll out Clay Thompson, the best two guard in the league right now, Steph Curry, the best player in the league right now, Draymond, the best underrated beast in the league, and Kevin Durant, the Saginaw's best, finest. You know, one of the best shooters in the league. That's it's not even gonna be fair. You know, seventy-three and nine. What if KD ends up on LA though? That'll be great. But you know, I don't think I'm not paying Kobe anymore. You might as well. But I don't think KD wants to go through that rebuilding phase. I don't think he's that type of guy. I think KD is the type of guy that's just I'm ready to win now and. The Lakers are not ready to win now. No, <laughs> they are. We saw that Far this season. Far from ready to win now. So Didn't even reach the 20-win mark this year. 
So I can see him. I can't see him staying in OKC, no matter what people tell you. And, you know, he should just go to Philly. I don't see him staying. And okay, Philly deserves no draft picks. They deserve to lose every single draft pick because they. They've got the number one pick again. How many years? Maybe they might get it. You know, it's a twenty-five percent chance or whatever. But they just. I feel like they should have to forfeit for tanking so much every single year. It's just not fair. You know, you shouldn't be able to build your team on number one picks year after year after year. Eventually, you're going to be good, you know? Anyway, not with them. So anybody far. can do that formula. And they're stealing money from those season ticket holders. The people that should truly, truly be, you know, showered with gifts and be paid the millions of dollars that they have on the books, because they're obviously not paying anybody good, should be those season ticket holders that have been ticket holders for forever, and they continue to roll out these straight garbage teams nobody's ever heard of any of these players they're not even like dealy good Nerlens Noel not a fan okay. um, Nerlens Noel is okay he's okay he's not bad he's definitely not great but he's decent you know I would take him Bismack Biombo. there was a couple Bismack Biombo calls last game or last night that I was very proud of he's still a young guy he's 23 I believe they were talking about I it's was, your boy. I was pumped. Bismack Biombo is uh Bismack Biombo. He's coming around and uh I like that. How do you feel about these playoffs? Do you think anybody can unseed knock off the Warriors? Spurs are still my pick to upset the Warriors if anyone would. But outside of them, no. I How did you like that addition of Lamarcus Aldridge in the offseason they're the same team. Although they lost last year, they just added one of the best up-and-coming, versatile power forwards in the game. How did you like that move? And do you think that'll be a, a difference factor when they face the Warriors, if they face the Warriors this year? I think more, I, I don't know, I feel like the Spurs are more of like a, they use like their veteranness to try to get ahead of the game and try to play more fundamental basketball so I mean if Aldridge is going to be that guy that's going to continue to play fundamental basketball and isn't going to be one of those guys that just comes down and starts jacking up shots I think they really work on ball movement and try to beat people to their spot to try to get the open look rather than just coming down the floor and jacking up a shot so if Aldridge is going to fit in with the rest of those old guys I think it's a good move because you need somebody to run with Kawhi Leonard and have some of a younger presence on the team. At least I believe Aldridge is younger than most of the old guys on the team. Yep. So I think it wouldn't hurt him for sure. I just don't know if that's the move that's going to do it mm -hmm. personally. But I think the Spurs are really the only team that is going to give Golden State a, a real scare. Which sure is, well, sure as hell know that Houston's not going to do it. No, Houston is. They look they're garbage. trashy in game one. They are garbage. And I guess you could say that's a shot at them, but they are an eight seed. And they are getting dominated, and they will continue to get dominated because they're not very good. You know, James Harden has taken a lot of their the fall. For not playing defense? As, as he should. You know, that's just a part of the superstar no presence. One's, no one's pointing the finger at Dwight Howard, though? Dwight is just, he's not good anymore. And, uh, you know, whether it's his back or, or whatever it is, he just doesn't have that same level of play that he had when he was in Orlando. You know, he 
never had it when he was in L.A. And then he left L.A. on bad terms and has just never been healthy or been good for Houston. And, uh, you know, they needed him to be good. They needed him to be worth every dollar that they spent on him. And for right now, the Lakers are lucky that they don't have the team that they have and are having to pay Dwight for a long time as well. So, blessing in disguise, although they're still trash. They, you know, they get more and more trash every year, the Lakers do. So, uh, the Rockets are not in a good shape. They're, they don't have a good team. Harden is good, one good player, but they have nobody to play defense. Dwight can barely ever stay on the court, whether healthy or in foul trouble, and can't make free throws. There's just so many negatives surrounding him that it's just not worth it. They're, they're a team in shambles, and they're just not very good. So here's the conclusion that we're reaching. Beards everywhere just need to go. <laughs> look at Wade Miley, look yeah. at Harden. Neither of those guys are winning. Try shaving the beard off. Get a nice little Draymond goatee. Oh yeah, I mean Draymond. Go obviously, that's working. I think you got to look at the facial hair of the winners and just try to mimic it. <laughs> you got to look like a champion to be a champion. I know? think so. At least go to the barber, pay him like five bucks to trim it up a little bit. Do something. Maybe that's maybe Harden if he shaved his beard. Maybe that's what's dragging him down on defense. I think so. You know. That's a big beard. It's it a is. lot to carry. It is. It's not. It's not very aerodynamic. He doesn't get good gas mileage. No, not good gas mileage. It's, uh, it drags him. It's what's weighing him down. Yeah. You know, he can't get enough lift on his shots. <laughs> no, James Harden shoots great. All you people out there, including myself, with a little bit of a beard, if you want to be a winner, you gotta keep it trimmed up. Might be the first thing I do when I get home, but. Should wrap it up for the Revolutionary Sports Show, April 19th edition. We'll see you next time. I'm Brian Duchesne. And I'm Corey Sullivan. Later. Bye.